to take our live stream feed through Facebook, and it's supposed to go to YouTube. We'll, we'll look at it after today and see if it did. If not, we'll work on that next week. But they'll take it, and instead of us having to mess through with Facebook Live, they'll take it and stream to our site for that. Our audio will automatically go to our website, um, and it'll be stored there. And when we get it, our video can be the same. But there's also, there's like I said last week, an app you can look at on your phone, tablet, whatever. That's that right there, and you can see it. And then search Victor Fellowship Church, and it'll come up, and you can see right now there's, you can listen to all the past, I think there's 86 or 89 messages over the past couple years, or no, since 2016 or 17, um, that, that are archived on there, and you can go back and listen to them. And so if you've got a, a TV where you watch streaming services through, you can, for Roku, you can download that app for free and search our church and watch and listen to it on that. So, so it's, not, it's not anything that we're trying to, you know, get Victor Fellowship's name out there, trying to be like somebody else. We're trying to get the Word of God out, right? And so if we can use these avenues and these people that, that do this a lot better than me can, can take this and and take it and use it and it do better than what we could do with it the past few years, then I don't mind paying them a little fee. And, and letting people out there watch it, let them, let them uh, get blessed by it, and then share, share others. So, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. That's what we're here for. So, so, I mean, it's free to anybody. The app's free. Listen to it. It's free. Watching's free. And, and hopefully everything, we're praying that it just goes good, continues to go smooth, and works smooth as it's supposed to. So, so that's, that's another, another thing to be excited about. We're just going on and, and putting the Word of God out there. So, well, let's receive our offering right now. Amen. It's always, it's, it's always good to give. It's good to give back to God because as we've talked about this morning, what He's done for us, we, we've talked about next week with Easter, about Him rise, raising from the dead, all that He's done for us, it's good that we can give back something to Him as His Word says. And that something, it should be our tenth, our tithe, offering. And, and, and so we're not, we're not here to preach about money. We never have been a church to preach on money. We're just being obedient to God's Word, right? So, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come right now and we thank you for this, this time together again. We thank you for your word that's going to come forth this morning. God, that you use me as a vessel to, to say what you would have me to say as your spirit guide. And Father, you, that, that it goes on hearts and minds that are ready to receive this morning. And Father, we just thank you for your spirit here, a sweet spirit. And the Father, all in unity and in one, and we thank you for that. I pray for, for Pat and Jenny as they go up to the Lighthouse Church today, God, that you're with Pat as he preaches there, that you just uh, touch and minister during that service this morning. God, that your spirit fill that place and, and hearts and lives can be changed, and we thank you for it. God, we just uh, bring our tithes and offerings to you. We pray that you bless each and every one that gives, that you touch them and, and, and just minister to them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead.
That's right. Can't take the church out of us, can he? He's going to try and try. And so that's a, that's a really good song. He's got a couple of them out now that are, that are just on point for sure. And so that Sunday sermon. And children can go to children's church. Sorry, Trina. I see you here. I know y'all want to go. It's rare. Amen. Well, turn with me again to John chapter 17. We're going to continue on the conversation or sermon of the completed work. Jesus has completed work. What He done for us, you know, that's, uh, that's why we're here today. That's why we worship Him. That's why we praise Him. That's why we're here singing and, and lifting hands and in worship with Him is because of what He's done for us, right? You know, we didn't love Him first. He loved us first. And, and so we can, we can thank Him and praise Him. We can't thank Him enough. We can't praise Him enough for what He's done. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's not what you've done. It's not what you haven't done. You know, if, if there's problems this week, if there's things in your life, this morning or today, Jesus still loves you. There's still forgiveness right now. You, don't, you know, it don't have to wait till the end of the sermon. It don't have to wait till you know, altar call and then we do all man-made because none of this altar call that we do is tradition in churches today. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where, where Paul or Peter or anybody stood up and said, all right, anybody that's got problems, y'all come down and we're going to take this time just to pray. No, he prayed for them, didn't he? He prayed. I mean, if, if, if people start coming down and we need to stop the service for the Spirit of God to move, then that's where we need to go with it. We don't need to do anything to hinder the Spirit of God and this tradition and religion that we've let creep into our, our church society today, I believe stops the Spirit of God from moving as He wills in our life because we, we think we've got to have this structure, this setup, we've got to do it this way, we've got to have lights a certain way, music a certain way, all this kind of stuff just to let the Spirit of God move. God don't need any of that. He don't need any of that to move. He just needs us to be willing to let Him move. And, and so, so Jesus completed that to where we can go into the Holy of Holies and have Him work and move in our life. So our, our verse that, that we've, uh, we talked about last week in John chapter 17 and verse 4, says, I have glorified you on earth. Jesus did. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. This is Jesus praying that prayer. And He goes on and we know He prays for Himself, prays for Himself to be glorified. And, and we talked about last week. He's the only one... On, on this planet that could ever pray that prayer for Himself to be glorified. Because we know if we do it, it's going to bring in pride. It's going to bring in ourself in front of Jesus. And that's what we don't ever need to be, is ourself in front of Jesus. Jesus has got to be out front. He's not like our, our bride or somebody you know we're married to and, and they're walking beside us. No, Jesus has got to be here. they got to see us but they got to see Jesus through us. And Jesus has got to be front and center above anything else in our life, no matter what it is. I know it's a, it's a hard subject for people to talk about today because, you know, I saw, I don't remember who it was from the other day, some post or something that says, you know, happy birthday to the, to the love of my life, and it was talking about their child. Well, the love of their life should be God, number one, right? But the love of the life on earth, and this person's married, should be their spouse. Their children come next. And we don't we get that all out of whack and out of order and we've talked about that a lot here to where we, you know, 
God's not where He needs to be in our life. We put other things above that and above our spouse and, and, and above each other and, and get all out of whack of where God had set it down for us to be and for Him to be in our life. So, so all, everything that we do, all glory to go back to God. All of it. There's no place for Mark Carroll to get any glory. We didn't start this sermon.net and this Facebook Live, and I didn't accept this as being pastor so Mark Carroll could get any glory, I promise. Because it, it would suit me just fine as me to stay back there and run that stuff. I promise. And let Daddy just continue on pastor. It would suit me just fine. But I know that's not what God had in store and had planned. So if I'd done that, I'd be disobedient to God, and he would be in disobedience to God. And it would be all, then it would become all about us. So, so we can't do that. We can't be there. And so all of us got to go back to him. So we, no pride whatsoever in our life. You know, we read here in John chapter 17 and 15. He told him, he said, he should pray for his disciples. You should not take them out of this world, that you should keep them from the evil one. From the evil one. And we, and we talked about this verse last week. But I just wanted to, to read a little bit more into it. You know, in, in Luke's account of the Last Supper, they come and, and we know they broke bread and they're doing and, and, and they're drinking the wine and, and partaking into the death that Jesus is about to go into, right? We, we know that. But Jesus speaks in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31 and tells Peter, he calls him Simon, if you're reading in the New King James Version. Let people get over there. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31 says, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. He has asked for you. I don't know how that would make me feel physically or mentally, if somebody come up to me, and Jesus especially, and said, look, Satan's asked for you. He wants you. You know, would that, would that swell us up in the power and the, and, and the mighty works of God in our life, or would that make us nervous? Like, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next in my life? If Satan wants me. We know Satan's all bad and wants all the bad things to happen to us. You know, it, it, could, sh- it could shake you up a little bit. It did Peter. And Peter walked with Jesus for the past three and a half years. He, he, he was right there with him through everything that Jesus done. And not only him, but he was talking about him, but he, all the disciples, the same thing happened. And so he said that he may sift you as wheat. He may sift you as wheat. He wants you so he can sift you, so he can shake things up, so he can make you do contrary to what God wants you to do. And, and so it's, it's not changed today. Because Peter even wrote in 1 Peter, right? He, he ended up writing in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 that says, you know, the devil walks around as a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. So he's still seeking us whom he wants to devour. He still wants to sift each and every one of us as weak. He still wants to shift us, sift us out and to make us forget this Word of God. And to make us forget that sin is sin. And what Jesus called sin is not really sin today because we can justify it by the grace of God. But sin is still sin. Black is still black and white is still white. 
Jesus never left any room for any gray area in our life. And, and so it's, it's a lot with my generation that's creeping down into the other generation, as we've talked about before, that's let this come about more and more in the body of Christ. Because we see it out in the world and we hear it so much so to a point where we're just okay with it. And we're just, just whatever's okay. And I'm not beating a dead horse. If you've been here, we know we've talked about this numerous times. And we'll continue to talk about it because it's still prevalent in the body of Christ today. It's still going on. We can, st- we can try to say that, you know, well, Jesus, Jesus forgive. He does. He does. That's why He died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. But He doesn't want us to live in sin. Because He prayed for them not to be taken out of this world, but to keep them from the evil one. So He doesn't want us to be in Satan's grip. And if we submit ourselves any to that sin, we're submitting to the grip of Satan. Any of it. And, And so we've got to go back to where black is black and white is white and what Jesus said is sin is sin. And, and not stray from that. Not try to justify it. If we try to justify anything in our life, then there's sin in our life. And, you know, I can't, I can't go through and just justify this because it's, it's going to make me feel good for a little bit. Because I know it's sin in my life. It's whatever it is. We, we think, when, we, when we think of these things, we think of some God-awful sexual sin. But, it, you know, people's minds just go there for some reason. We think of the worst thing imaginable. But it's anything. If, if, you, if God's told you to do something, you're not doing it. That's disobedience in your life, and that's sin in your life that you're letting come in that you're trying to justify and make excuses for because you don't feel like, I can't do this. I can't, I, well, I can't say that. I can't. So, so you're making excuses for that sin in your life, and it's just disobedience. Or pride, whatever it is, is sin in your life. So, so he said, but, but Jesus went on and said, but I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brother. So all of them, he wanted all of them to be strengthened. But, but Peter especially he called him out and said, your faith not fail. Not I prayed for you that nothing bad will ever happen to you. That everything since you've, since you've accepted me as your Lord and Savior, nothing will ever go wrong in your life again. He didn't pray for any of that, did he? If, if he could have prayed for that, then we should be good today. But we know we're not. We know we live in a world full of sin, a world full of hurt, a world full of a of, of place of, where people are, are mean, people say mean things, they do mean things to hurt us, they break families up. Whatever it is, we live in a world constantly full of that today. And, and so... He didn't pray for them. He didn't pray for us, as we'll read in a little bit. He didn't pray for us just to have, you know, once we've accepted Him, have just everything given to us and handed to us. He didn't pray for that. He's prayed for us that our faith not fail. Not our faith not fail in Him. Because we've got to realize that's the only way our strength comes from. We can go to, you can go to, go to a funeral. So I've been to a couple funerals here in the past. And, and sure, the last one was a sad situation. But you can tell that whole family is a family that has believed once in their life, but you can tell it's fallen away from that. Versus going to a funeral to where somebody has passed away and that family is believers and, and they know where their strength comes from. Right? 
you can see the difference in those two types of funerals. And funerals are sad no matter who it is. I'm sorry. We lose somebody in our life. It's sad. But how do we deal with that? Well, you know how some people, the non-believing type, that don't believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior and don't believe in Him as, as He's their help and strength through these times, how they go through it. They go grab things from the world. All these substances, all these, you know, whatever it is, drinks, pills, whatever, to get them through this. And then it turns into just this mental battle. And they can't get over the mental battle. And sure, Christians deal with that too, but we've got to realize as as children of God, we have something else that we can rely on and we can trust in. And that's Jesus, and that's His grace that He's given us. That's His mercy. That's His help. Because when he, when he died on the cross, and, and, and when He died on the cross, what happened? The temple bell torn, right? So we can go in and step in, as we talked about earlier, into the Holy of Holies. We can go one-on-one with Jesus, as we'll read about in a minute, and, and, and God and know Him as intimate like Jesus does. We can know Him that way. And so, so we've got to realize that we're going to go through things, and there's not a person in here I can look out and I know things that's happened in your life and different things that you have not went through something or going through something right now. And there's never a day that Satan don't come up and want to sift you and want to take you and want to devour you that day. Mentally, emotionally, whatever it is. There's, there's not a day that comes up. And if you're here and this is you this morning, then there's help and healing right now in the Word of God. There's help through the Word of God. There's help through Jesus because He's the only one that can get you through this. He's the only one that can help you overcome whatever it is in your life. The only one. Nobody else. You know, we can, we can talk. We can pray with you. We can, we can speak God's Word over you. Lay hands on you as the Bible says. And the prayer of faith. It says the prayer of faith to make them whole, right? And, but you've got to go on because you're going to be by yourself in a little bit. You're going to be dealing with that in a little bit. What are you going to do? Are you going to cower back down to those attacks of the devil or are you going to rise up in the name of Jesus and step on him and tell him that he has no power or authority in your life, in your mind, in your body, in your family? Whatever it is, he has none. And, and so these are not just speaking just words. These are speaking things out of the Word of God. And so we've got to realize that Jesus came to do that and complete that work to where we can do those things. He said, I have given you power, power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, over all of them. We've got to rise up and take that authority. And, and so, if Jesus could have stopped bad things from happening, He would have never let Adam and Eve sin in the garden. He never would have let them. They did it out of their own choice, out of, out of their own free will, because He wanted to be of God to where He created a people that loved Him because they wanted to love Him. Not because He was a, just some dictator up there making people love Him and serve Him. He didn't want that. So He gave all of us, and we know that, that free will and choice to love Him. That free will and choice to, to, to allow Him into our life. And we still got that each and every day when we wake up. We can do what the Word of God says, or we can go our own way and do what we want to. And we've seen the ramifications in people's life from doing those things. Do what, do what God says for a little while. Uh, I'll do what I want to. And, and we know 
And I know from personal experience that doing what I want to never, never ends well. Ever does. It always ends with some kind of heartache, some kind of trial, some kind of thing that, that I'm crawling back to God saying, help me out of this. I'm crawling back to it. Saying, say, I need you in my life. I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And he's always right there. I prayed that God, I, I told God this morning, I said, I need you. I need you. I can't get up here and do this on my own. I can get up here and spout out some, some Bible verses if you want me to. But where, where would God be in that? Sure, He would be in the words that I'm speaking, but it would be dry and it would be on Mark Carroll's own will and on might, and God wouldn't get glory in it. Nothing, because I'm doing it on my own. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that even if I'm not up here. If I'm, if I'm walking out, if I, I want everything to be about Jesus in my life. So, so that's got to be first and foremost. So let's, uh, let's continue on in, in John chapter 17. Go down to verse 20. Get to where we were talking about last week where, where Jesus prays for us. Prays for us. He says, I do not pray for these alone. This is talking about his disciples. He says, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So that would be us. That brings it down to us today. Because we believed on Jesus through somebody else's word, right? They believed on him through somebody else's word. So it all goes back to the disciples. They started that. They started the first church as we know it. And, and started missionary work and, 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 different, and, and different things like that to where... They started that, so we eventually believed on Jesus through somebody's word and believed on Him and confessed with our mouth, right, that Jesus is Lord of our life and then that we're saved. So He says, As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one with us. With us. Jesus, God, Holy Spirit wants us to be one with Him. One mind one accord, and, and walking in unison with Him. When God created man, when He created Adam and Eve, He created them perfect to walk with Him. God, We all know God would walk down in the cool of the evening and walk with, with man, walk with Him, because they can handle the glory and the power and the presence of God. We know we can't handle that now in this fallen creation that we live in. We, we can't handle to see that much. And, and so... He wants that for us. And we'll get there again. But he says, There also may be one with us, and the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I give in them. And that they may, may be one just as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. That the world may know that you have sent me and loved them as you have loved me. So he also comes down and he's praying for us. That's a lot of tongue-tying words right there if you try to read it real fast. So, simplify. God, Jesus, us, right? We're all, he wants all of us to be one. But he's also praying for the church here. I, did, I said it in a sermon several years ago, and I can't remember how many different denominations of Christianity and the church that there is. There's a lot of them. And it's all man-made. Just because we're non-denominational does not mean that we don't have 
some man-made thoughts and ideas that, have, that could have crept in. I mean, there's not a non-denominational church out there. You know, there's churches that, you know, whether whatever name they got attached to their slogan or sign or whatever, a man come up with that doctrine. A man did. And all of them claimed that God directed them to come up with that. And some claim that you can't get to heaven unless you're baptized into their faith, or you can't do this unless you're done this way, or pronounce Jesus this way, or baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or the name of Jesus only. And all of that has nothing to do with whether we're going to heaven or hell. None of it. It's all man-made tradition that in religion man-made religion that we have come up with throughout the years and the centuries. Why? Because we think that we can do it better than God can. In our own mind. I mean, man thinks that a lot of times to where they're their own God and they think they can do and say, and, you know, a lot of times it sounds good, well, God told me. You know, I feel God told me this. And sometimes God didn't tell them nothing. Now, they've got an answer for that because they're using that and saying things that, that, that God didn't tell them to say nor wanted them to say, but we put those in the doctrine. Put those things in the doctrine. Where in that, when, when churches are fighting amongst churches, the body of Christ is fighting the body of Christ because this one's this way and this one's this way, where is the unity? Where is the oneness that God wants and that Jesus prayed for in this intercessory prayer that He prayed in John 17? Where is the oneness and the unity that He prayed for? It's not there. It's not there. Sure, we as a community get together a lot of times on the fifth Sundays and, and have a community singing. And everybody's like, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're having a good time that night. But where does it end? I mean, where, where, why do we stop there? Why do we have all these different things and all these different ideas? Because each man's different, right? And each man thinks different a lot of times. But Jesus didn't ever set it up that way. The body of Christ has got to walk in unity together. And, and so I don't care if somebody's Church of Christ, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, United Pentecostal, Congregational Methodist, United Methodist, whatever it is. If we can believe that Jesus come to this earth, right? born of a virgin birth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, went to the grave, took all the, all the keys of hell and death and suffering and everything away from Satan and gave them to us and rose again on that third day, then all this other stuff is garbage and doesn't make a hill of beans about what's going to happen at the end of this time. It doesn't make anything. Jesus didn't come to complete work through a certain denomination of a church. I promise when He comes back and He's, you know, after the thousand year reign and after Jesus sets up His new heaven and His new earth, it's not going to be, well, there's a Baptist, I don't believe there's going to be a Baptist church here, a Methodist church a block away, a non-denominational church here. I don't believe, I don't believe any of that because we'll all be focused on Jesus and nothing else. Nothing else. And that's the way it needs to be now, but we've let it not be that way. All of us, all of us as the body of Christ have let it not be that way. So, so we've got to get back, got to get back to that. Imagine a life that you live every day fully committed to Jesus. Imagine that life. 
Imagine what would happen if you fully commit yourself to Jesus. Get in this Word as we need to. Spend time in prayer as we talked about earlier. And then every day, when the everyday situations come up, when the everyday circumstances come up, when life happens, Hallie come home the other day and she's a new manager up there at Tractor Supply. So first night as manager, she was just, she was tore up. And things didn't go well. And I had to tell her, look, look, he's just a little shift manager or whatever. And I said, I said, it's life. Life happens. You've got to take it and you can't get just so tore up about these little things because you, it just, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. So, so we've got to learn how, when those things come up, how to handle those things. And the only way we're going to learn how to handle everyday life is here. Because I know how I screw it up whenever I don't look at it through the eyes of the Word of God. I know how I don't do it right and done it for years when I speak out of my own mind. Gabby, she tells, still tells me all the time. She's ready for me to go back to work. She said, you, you don't have to say everything you think. I said, I know. And, and so I told her yesterday, I was like, well, practice what you preach. She just looked at me. She's like, really? You just said it again. I said, well, I understand. I said, I know. And, and I don't, but it's hard not to sometimes because I, let, I listen to me. I listen to me and I need to be more in tune with God and His Word and the Holy Spirit and let Him guide my thoughts. Let Him guide my words that come out of my mouth. So, so our life fully committed with Him. It would be sweet and pure and holy and lovely and everybody could get along and we talk about a world full of peace. We're not going to know it. The world's not going to know it because Satan is the ruler of this world. It's just, it's just the fact of the matter. People can know it, but not everybody is going to accept Jesus and he knew that. Because he had people walk away from him. He had people leave. He couldn't even keep everybody there that was following him. I mean, Judas, we all know what he done. We read the next chapter. We all know what happens next after this prayer. He goes to the garden and then he prays, God, take this cup from me. Is there another way? And, and it's interesting to me that he prayed that. Not that I feel like Jesus was trying to get out of anything because he just prayed here in the first of this chapter, glorify me, my work here is completed. But... But Jesus, I'm sure the human side of him, knew the suffering he was about to endure. Knew the ones that he loved and walked with the past three and a half years. He was about to leave here to handle everything that he knew was coming their way. And so I'm sure that part of him was like, God, I, you know, is it time already? Do we have to go now? But God said now. God said now. And, and so Judas, we know him, he... After that, after he got through praying, you know, he comes up and he kisses Jesus and they take him and, and, and we all know the rest of the story. We'll talk about it more next week. That's why we celebrate Easter is because of what happened. Because of these things. And, and so, he couldn't keep everybody with him. You're not going to keep everybody with you. It's just the way it is. Because we live in a fallen world and a fallen creation and people reject us as Christians don't understand why, but their hearts are hardened and they, don't, they, don't, they just reject them. We, we can't figure it out. We can't fathom it. We don't understand it, but things happen and people do not ex accept Him as a Lord and personal Savior. And we know what their, what their end result will be. 
And as much as we talk to them, we're blue in the face and, and, you know, pray for them. We're wondering, why in the world will they not change? I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. It didn't say anywhere in here just because you prayed for somebody that they will change because they still have the same free will that you did. They still have those same things to where they can reject Jesus or accept Him. And sure, we, we, don't, we don't stop praying for them. We continue to keep praying for them. We continue to thank God that they're coming in and that you know we know that they'll eventually, and we, we speak in faith and we say those things, but we can't get discouraged if it doesn't happen when we want it to. We cannot get discouraged. We cannot stay down. We've got to keep on, keep on, and keep on and knowing that God's still God. So he, his desire, like we just talked about, for everybody to be in heaven with him. In, John, in verse 24, he says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have gave me be, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. So he, he prayed then and wants us in heaven with him. We know that He went to prepare a place for us, for each and every one of us that accepted Him. And there's room for all of us at His table. There's, his table will not run out. It will never get too small. There won't be a room in the back, I don't believe, where a monitor that we're having to watch when we get to heaven and, and see what's going on in the main throne room, will we? We'll all have a place there. We'll all be able to be there. We'll all be able to be in His presence no matter, and no matter what. And there's room there for us because He wants us there with Him. He prayed for it then. He still wants it now. It's our job. Like I said a couple weeks ago, we are the vessel that we've got to be the one to speak. We've got to be the one to draw people in. We've got to be the ones that they see Jesus through us each and every day in our life, no matter what's going on. Verse 25 says, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known you that sent me, and I have declared to them your name. And will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. The love that God had for Jesus, He wants the same love for us. And He wants us to love others with that same kind of love. It's hard for us to do. Jesus didn't say love them unless they hurt you. Love them unconditionally unless they say wrong things about you. Love them unconditionally unless... You know, they do this to you or that to you. He said, love them. With the same love that God loved Jesus and Jesus loved us. He did, what, what did He say on the cross? After they had beat Him. After they had hung Him there. He said, Father, forgive them. Where does that leave us today? We're not hanging on a cross. We're not dying. We're not getting beat. We're not about to go through all these things that Jesus did. There's not a, we're not, not a tenth of it, not just a mite of what Jesus went through. Are we going to have to go through right now when we walk out this door, I promise? Nobody's going to be waiting out there to drag you down a road to, to hang you and, and nail you to a cross. So these things we go through, as Paul said, are the momentary affliction, right? This light momentary affliction. Light momentary affliction. And we know all He went through. But Jesus prayed that we love each other with a love that, that God loves us with. 
each and every day. It's not easy. It's not ever going to be easy. I'm sure at times it wasn't easy for Jesus to keep on loving them that just kept doing him wrong. But he did. He did. Why? Because he was one with God as God wants us one with him. So, this week, we know we're going into Easter week, as we call it. Resurrection Day. We're going to celebrate it next Sunday. I encourage each of us this week, read those accounts. Start today. Read the triumphal entry as we've talked about. Palm Sunday, as we, as we say that this day is, as it's called. And, and read those things every day, reminding ourselves of what Jesus went through for us. For us. It won't take but a minute. I mean, it's just a few chapters in each one of the Gospels. Just a few chapters. It ain't like you've got to read the whole book of John or Matthew or Mark or Luke. You can. That would be great. But just concentrate on those few and those verses to where Jesus went through everything He went through so we can come next Sunday and celebrate our risen Savior. Our risen Savior. Ask yourself this. Can people see Jesus in you? Can they look at you and see that the love of Jesus flows through and out of your life? At work, at home, school, whatever it is. And you're not just some... You know, cool person, oh, they're awesome, they're cool, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're not that. You're that, but you're a child of God, and they know you're a child of God. And, and so it doesn't make you better, it makes you as what Jesus wants us to be. Can they can see, can they see the completed work of Christ through our life? Are they just looking at us, and we're just another person? That, that's our main goal and our main objective. They've got to see Jesus through us. So take some time this week, I encourage all of us, take some time this week to look at what's in our life that's holding us back from being what God wants us to be. Loving others as Jesus has, has, has prayed that we love others as God loves us. Loving others that way. And then hard thing for us to do is forgive others. Forgive as Jesus forgive others. And we all know it's, it's how many times he didn't, he didn't put a number on it. 70 times 7, right? It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. So keep forgiving. Keep loving. Keep praying. Spend time with Jesus. Read this Word. The only way we're going to know it is to read it. We tell our children to study. Study in school. Study and, and you know, make A's. When most adults don't know where to turn to in the Bible because they don't open it up and read it. So we got to study ourselves to show them how to study. We've got to be that example for them and for others. So y'all stand this morning. If you're here this morning and you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I said this last week, I'll say it every week if I have to. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Today is the day to come back and be in right relationship and right standing with Him. To come into that completed, to, to feel the, the sureness of that completed work that He's done for us. Because we don't know what the next breath holds. We don't know what the next step we take is going to be. And, and so for us to have 
the Word preached to us and then go away and not do anything with it, we've just denied everything that we've heard. We've just taken it.